We're back here for another segment on Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak gearing up for another talk about our favorite quote-unquote bad guy on the team. Uh, The guy that I think everybody expects to get on a fight every time he's on the field now. He's just throwing punches and pushing people around and causing havoc. Uh, The 19th overall pick in the draft. So he's got high expectations, and I get it from folks. But I I know what you were mentioning before. A lot of folks are already on that cliff with Trevor Penning. He had a a mixed bag of a a game last night, and that's to be expected in the preseason. And we we all know uh, coming into this game, he's known for his run blocking, his mauler up front, and has issues in the passing game. And that's exactly what played out yesterday. But I think the overall of Penning was more positive than the negative. And it's just unfortunate that obviously those negative plays that stand out and maybe because they happen so close to each other. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's funny when you talk about linemen, it's always tough because as it's, it's just human nature when they have bad moments, you remember them and the, the broadcast talks about them and their name is all over the, the airwaves. And all of a sudden, you know, it's another bad rep and another bad rep. And all of a sudden there's this idea that, wow, he had a terrible game. I rewatched the game this morning and I, I spent a lot of time looking specifically at Trevor Penning. And I didn't think he played that bad guys. I really didn't. I think that he played well in the run game and he had a few really tough reps that got away from him late in the first half. And I think that he was pretty honest about what might've happened there uh, at the end uh, after the game. And that here's what he had to say. It was good. I think a little, I got a little gas there at the end, um, but that's expected. I mean, um, first game in since February, so and even then I was played a couple of snaps, only played like twenty snaps. So really, first game since about December. So um, it was good to be back out there again and get a full, basically full game in. Yeah, I don't think he's making an excuse there. I think it's just reality. It was the first game. He got a lot of reps, um, and I think that when you look at when his struggles came, they came late in the first half on that last drive where. He probably thought he was done. He probably thought he was heading in for halftime. And all of a sudden, you're back out there for that kind of, you know, that two-minute drill. And a couple reps got away from him. Then they come back after halftime. And I think he was probably still in his head about those reps before halftime. And he let a couple more get away from him. And, but so th- that four, those four reps were rough. But, you know, the consistency is probably the thing that you need to get to the most. And I think that throughout the rest of the game – he held up well. You didn't hear his name called a lot. He was in for most of the game. Uh, James Hurst, I think, went out after the first series, and he took a majority of the, the reps the rest of the way. So when you're talking about, okay, did I hear him get his name called out all the time? No, not really. I mean, in the run game, I thought he held up well. In the pass game, there was a lot of good reps there, and you just got to build on those. But I don't think that he was nearly as bad as kind of the initial reaction off of the game because of, those plays coming in such close proximity to each other. And if you uh, believe in the PFF uh, ratings, he was the top rated rookie in week one of the preseason. I was very surprised to see that. Like I said, I didn't think he had an awful night, but I wouldn't put him, I I guess not seeing all the other games either. uh, It's kind of amazing that he's the highest ranked first round pick by PFF. Yeah. And I mean, take it, take it for what you will. You know, I don't swear by those ratings either, but the fact is, an independent party said that they watched these games and believe that he was the best player, the best rookie in week one of the preseason. 
So take that for what it is. I think that he has a lot he needs to work on, and I think that he is not the week one starter. I think James Hurst kind of put his stamp on that. For but, sure. you know, when when I went back and watched his reps, I was not nearly as concerned about, you know, his kind of long-term viability and his ability to become a starting qu- tackle in the NFL as I might have been coming right off the game last night. So, you know, if, if anyone wants to rewatch the game and, and, you know, have it out with me, I'm on Twitter. I'll talk about it. But it's I think that when you kind of look at the, the larger picture of what he did, it wasn't nearly as bad as it seemed. Yeah, and I mean, this is going to be interesting for him to go into Green Bay now against the defense. That's that's pretty good. And they're going to be a big challenge for him in these joint practices, which, which will be great leading up to the game. And those moments that he did that he did struggle last night, though, is what surprises me of why PFF had him ranked so high, though. I, I can't understand how they break that down exactly. Yeah, they gave him a, a, a 90 rating, which feels way too high. Like, I, I agree, because those moments that he struggled, they were significant. And I think that's where it kind of feels like the larger str- the, the larger picture of what he did is worse than it was, because those struggle points were so clear, in, especially in, those, in close proximity to each other, that, like, how do you end up with a 90 rating if you let your quarterback <laughs> get blown up? even two, three times throughout a game. Like, that should be enough to bring you down. That's why I question those ratings a little bit. But just the, the fact is, there there is a party out there that, that watched this and graded it and, and felt like it was a lot higher than most people probably think. So just take that for what it is. And, you know, I thought that um, if you go back, the play, the very specific play that I thought was a good indicator was um, the third down conversion to Dejon Dixon, where, you know, he just stonewalled a guy. The touchdown that should have been to Traquan Smith, he was a brick wall, you know, and there's going to be learning points. There's going to be learning curves. He's talked about the technique that he's had to pick up that he just didn't have at Northern Iowa. It's not a, necessarily a surprise because, you know, you're coming out of the FCS ranks where he could just bully people. And now he's got to make sure that his power is not being wasted because his technique is off. And it's kind of a lot what he's talked about thus far. And, and again, I'm just saying the concern over whether he can be the long-term left tackle is is way premature um, because, like I said, James Hurst is going to be the week one starter. I don't need Trevor to be ready to be a starting left tackle week one. I need Trevor to be ready if he's needed in his rookie season. If James Hurst goes down, he needs to be able to come in and be consistent, show the high points of what he did last night across the board and not have those very glaring breakdowns. And he knows that. He's going to work on that, um, but that's what preseason is for. And the fact is, this is a first his first NFL game. You expect some troubles. That's part of the reason. You know, you talk about, oh, you didn't want Andy Dalton in there. Part of the reason you don't want Andy Dalton in there is because you're trying out uh, Landon Young and Trevor Penning at right and left tackle. You know, you go in knowing there's a, there's a good chance he might the quarterback might be running for his life, <laughs> right? That's all yeah, part I- of the process. I get it, though, with the concern from fans and whoever, just because when you're taking 19th overall, I mean, there, there's obviously high expectations with him. and But thinking he's going to, going to be this all-pro right off the bat is is a little out of reach. I, I want to definitely see more improvement in this Green Bay uh, week leading up to the game and also the game as well. He's talked about his hands are his, are his biggest thing. And and being able to, you know, in, in the past, the past protection, 
is the biggest issue. We we know he's going to be this guy that's physical and tough and all over you in the run game. But if you can't pass protect, that's going to be a huge, a huge issue. Yeah, no, it is. And, and Reed Wilson uh, seems to think we're forgetting their third stringers. Well, they weren't third stringers on the second drive of the game. That was the first team offense for the Texans or whatever the first team of it was at that point, right? So he was out there a majority of the game. And that's why, you know, when he says he was gassed, I think that's probably a, a factor in why the struggles kind of cropped up late in the first half and, you know, like I'm not I'm not trying to plaster over the fact that he struggled at points in that game. I'm just trying to point out that there were positive things to bring out of that. This is the first NFL experience for a guy. He's got to learn. He's got to pick it up. His last game came at Northern Iowa. <laughs> this is a bit of a step up in competition. So there's things he's going to learn. He's going to pick up. But if you go back to minicamp, if you go back to OTAs, I was way more concerned back then in what he was going to look like when he went against NFL competition, because he looked rough with his technique and with his ability to kind of move people. And I thought particularly in the run game, he was impressive. So take that for what it is. I'm just telling you that I'm not going to jump off a cliff with Trevor Penning quite yet. And I think that if down the road, we're going to understand why this guy was a first round pick. I think that's that was a, the second quarter when he got, how do you pronounce the guy's name or, or Karambu or, or, on the I, Texans, you and know, like put a spin move on him and, and dropped him to the ground, and he and you know that was it was a bit embarrassing. I thought that was probably his worst rep of the night. Well, no, his first his worst rep of the night was the one that came. I, I can't remember if it was first or second down. It was on that uh, drive right before halftime, and he tried to set outside. He got a little too antsy, and then the defensive end kind of cut back inside, and he has this really bad habit of overreacting in that moment and grabbing the guy and throwing him. Well, you can do that if you were planning to throw him away from your quarterback. This was kind of like a flashback to the senior bowl where he threw somebody right at Desmond Ritter's legs. It's what he did to Ian Book on that rep, you know, and he got taken down by that guy. And that's one thing that he really needs to to cut out of his game. Like, you get beat, you you can't compound that mistake. You know, it's I'd rather see you hold a guy, which is what he did after halftime. (laughs) but you know, those are things he's going to have to clean up. But again, like I said, it's a rookie in his first NFL preseason game. If you expected him to be perfect, you know, I think you were always going to be set up for disappointment. And I was expecting to go back through the tape. This is all I'm saying. I was expecting to go back through the tape and just watch rep after rep after rep. I was like, Oh my gosh, again, but that that wasn't the case. I saw a very, you know, a good number of positive pass blocking reps. There were a few, where it was close, where it was a competition, it was a battle, but he, you know, he did enough. And that's and that's where I think you're going to see more of that as we go forward. You know, I think, and this week against the Packers is going to be a great test. This is a great pass rush that they have, and we're going to have to see it from him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's funny is, and I know he didn't get as nearly as much reps as Trevor Penning, but there hasn't been any outcry or panic over Chris Olave's just one catches for four yards. 
no, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I think that they, it'll get louder if we get, you know, <laughs> into week three and we're still only seeing, you know, one or two, uh, one or two catches. But I, again, I just, it's the preseason gets so frustrating for me because I think people get worked up about the wrong things where it's like, okay, you want to see the first team offense be effective. It was, you want to see the first team defense be effective. It was, you want to see young players, you know, finding their way, you know, you want to see them, you know, week one, there's nothing to improve on. This is your baseline. If you're a rookie player, this is your first tape. Now you're going to go back. You're going to watch the tape. You're going to see, okay, these are the things I need to improve on. And then it's going to be on them to improve upon them. Right. So if you're overreacting to what you saw in week one of the preseason, I mean, you're not even giving a guy a chance to see the trouble points and then move on from them. It's not like they've been playing games at the NFL level. We don't know. We only saw him at the FCS level. So if the concern is or what we saw last night, then, you know, you need to figure that out and and pick it up. Um, but the positive thing for the Saints is that I thought James Hurst looked very solid and I have no concern about him being the week one starter. So Trevor's going to have time to figure it out. Um, and, you know, we're going to have to see how that how that goes. But for right now, I'm OK with it. Even uh, you talk about with the offensive line, a little off track there. I, I thought Andrews Pete was actually pretty impressive last night of, you know, supporting the run game. And they're all healthy. You know, right. we, we haven't heard, we haven't heard any, you know, by this point last year, it was, it, there was at least three, four injuries. So, you know, hopefully this is a sign that that new training staff is really kind of figuring things out. And um, yeah, I mean, Traquan Smith is still healthy. Andrews Pete is still healthy. These are guys who are never healthy. So that's a positive. Anytime you can get through a preseason game and not have lost a key contributor, I say it was a positive result. <laughs> yeah, you, you hear everybody, you know, what's the biggest thing you want from the preseason? Obviously, all, all your guys to stay healthy. And for a, a big bulk, you know, the this, this Saints, we saw Chase Hansen take a shot in the, um, looked like he you know, lost his wind a little bit and was in the injury tent very briefly and came back out and was still productive. Uh, other than that, there wasn't any anything too much that happened to this team. Hopefully, coming out of that and going into the Green Bay week, we see some guys coming back to this team that haven't played. Some of the young guys that didn't play last night, I was surprised not to see even like a Lucas Kroll. We didn't see uh, Alante Taylor. We know he's dealing with a hip in- issue. Uh, definitely ho- uh, want to see them in some game action or even in the joint practices. Another guy is a uh, second-year linebacker, Pete Warner. I'm definitely – he would be on the top of my concern list with injuries just because we know groin injuries can linger and are very uh, a big issue for a linebacker who has to move uh, side to side. Yeah, and that's why, you know, a guy like Chase Hansen stepping up, you know, hopefully Andrew Dowell, guys like that, you know, you're going to need them to be contributors. And I still think you're going to end up seeing them bring in at least one or two more names at linebacker. Eric Wilson's another name who could be in a big role. Randy Major here. Where would you guys rank our defense after last night going into the regular season? I'm glad you asked this because I think that we did not talk about Paulson Adebo enough at the top of the show. And Paulson Adebo has been a star in camp. And I think it's it was fair to wonder how that might translate to a real game, right? With the physicality, you know, can he get away with that level of physicality in a game? Is he going to get flagged constantly? And what we saw last night, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it worked. You know, he actually drew an offensive pass interference against, I can't remember who the receiver was, but it was downfield. And it was on a play where 
you know, the DB is at a disadvantage. Marcus May came up and he, he got sent on a blitz. It was PJ Williams in deep center, you know, playing that deep safety. And so you have Paulson Adebo playing press man on the outside. He's on an island. Davis Mills sees that. He sees the pressure. He makes the right read and he throws a 50 50 ball. And Paulson Adebo was a blanket. He had no chance to catch that ball. He, he actually did catch the ball, but it was because he took his arm and shoved him uh, out of the way so he could catch it. And he still came down out of bounds. But PJ Williams also got over the top. You know, and if, if these are the guys who you can't complete a pass against, you know, if you can't attack that matchup, who are you attacking? You're going at you're going at Marshawn on the opposite side of the field. You're going at CJ in the slot. You know, I mean, you're trying to you're trying to sneak something in under Tyron Matthew uh, deep. I mean, this defense, assuming the run stuffers do their job, which as we talked about, they didn't last night. But again, you didn't have Onyemata or Cam Jordan in there. I, I mean, this defense has a chance to be scary good. You know, I or I don't know I, I don't know how I could rank it just because. I'm guessing at the relative talent levels of so many NFL teams that I haven't watched yet, right? Like gauging a defense is a lot harder than gauging an offensive skill set because you can you can kind of say, okay, skill player, skill player, skill player, quarterback, and I yeah, that's a good offense. But you know, this team this has a chance to be the best defense in the NFL. I don't know if they will be, but for the from a talent level perspective, if you can't throw the ball uh, and you can just load up against the run, I mean. They're going to be good. Yeah, we always we know it's a passing league, and you, you rattle off all those names that this team has in the secondary. And another guy we didn't see last night, uh, Marcus May. Um, oh no, we, he did play actually. We did see Marcus May for a few snaps, and we saw Bradley Roby starting across from Paulson Adebo. You know, Bradley Roby, you know, former Texan, so it was kind of a homecoming game for him. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy who probably won't even be on the starting line. He would be starting for. I would guess a majority of NFL teams, he's probably going to be the CB3. You know, Alante Taylor, a second-round pick, is going to be a premium depth at the cornerback positions. I mean, you can, you're can you in a situation where you could have guys go down with injuries, and the guys you're bringing in are, you know, starting-caliber players. And that's just, I mean, the, that, the talent level is insane on this defense. And the only questions I have are at the Will linebacker spot. And um, I think you can figure that out. If you have to figure anything out, I think that's the position you can figure it out. And then you talk about health too. The concern, obviously, on the end, defensive end, I just want to see Cam Jordan have some consistent support on the other side of him between Davenport, mm-hmm. another guy who didn't play last night, and with Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner. I, w- I want to see more of, you know, being a, a game factor instead of just a practice guy. Yeah, and, and Reed Wilson is a good point, and we'll we'll get out of here soon. But you know, Paulson Adebo, you know, I don't know if he would have been a first round pick, but he would have been in consideration to be a first round pick, no question. I think it would have depended on what he did in that kind of final year at Stanford for where he would have gone. But there was definitely a potential to work up into the first round, but he opted out, and the Saints kind of stole him in the third round of last year's draft, and. It's going to, I think it's going to end up going down as another one of these incredible third round draft picks that the Saints have because, you know, you go back and it's like that's where they get the majority of their star draft picks. Uh, Michael Thomas was a second rounder. That's a rare one. But, you know, Jimmy Graham was a third rounder. Akeem Hicks was a third rounder. I think Deron Armstead was a third rounder. Alvin Kamara was a third rounder. Um, There's probably one that I'm missing, but then then Paulson Adebo. So, you know, if if this defense holds up, 
you know, this is the, that that's why when I say like the national kind of media on the subject always tries to discount the saints because of James Winston. And I kind of respond to that. Like if the defense is good enough, all the quarterback has to do is play the right way and you can get deep into the playoffs. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo made a super bowl, right. And now the, the 49ers are trying to move on from him, but like he got them there. Right. So it's not, it's not a question of whether you can, it's a question of, okay, can you complement the defense? not can you win in spite of the defense. And that's what was asked of Drew Brees for so long. If Drew Brees had this defense at his peak, if you're talking 2014 Drew Brees with this defense, I don't even know. I mean, it would have been a bloodbath. Um, and so you're just you're just looking to Jameis to be consistent. And I think he can be that. Yeah, we're all, we're hoping that. And, you know, we know he has a tweaked foot, which, which ends up being, you know, we found out Whatever a strength foot for him. Yeah, and... I'm interested to see what what comes of him this week in Green Bay and leading up to the game. If he does end up practicing, will we see him in action or do they hold him off to the preseason finale? It's kind of weird now with three games on, you know, how you gauge where you're playing the bulk of your starters here. Yeah, I still don't think we're going to see Jameis. Even if Jameis is healthy, I'd be surprised if we see him in this game just because I think the third preseason game now is much more attractive to get those guys in there because – you don't have to worry about, you know, okay, we're going right into week one. You have that open week. So I think if we see Jameis, it'll be week three. I don't know if we'll see Mike Thomas. I don't know if we'll see a lot of these guys. But, you know, we're not going to have much time to wonder. It's going to be right on us on Friday. Um, another 7 o'clock start. They have three 7 o'clock starts in the preseason and three 7 o'clock starts in the regular season. <laughs> we're so, primetime uh, we, preseason action, baby. Yeah, that prime time. We have two Friday night starts coming at you. But I think that's going to wrap it up on this episode of Inside black and gold. I know Steve needs to get, get re, he needs to unpack his bag from Houston and then pack it so and we can go out bag. to Green Bay. Yeah, doesn't have a lot of time. I'm going to be here roughing it out with y'all in the humidity. You can see my hair has gotten gradually more wet because my <laughs> air conditioner is not doing the job. Uh, so I've just been oh, sweating this whole time, but it's been important to me to keep talking and not spend the entire time trying to fix my air conditioning. So this was for you. I appreciate it. You know what? And I actually told my wife before the podcast, please drop the air because it was getting stuffy in my office. I'm I'm cooling. I'm cooling here at a nice 74. Yeah. See, I don't have a I don't have an assistant to help me out with the with the conditions in my house. <laughs> I all I have is a barking dog downstairs. But as always, thanks for everyone who listened. Make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't. Follow Steve over at Steve Geller WWL. He's going to be out at Packers camp this week so you'll be able to get a lot of updates from him you can follow me over at jeff underscore noack i'll just be tweeting my random musings about why uh i love trevor penning and he's the best tackle of all time right because that's that's basically the argument i made in this podcast or at least that's what people people will uh tell me it was but that's all thanks so much for everyone watching on youtube everyone who listens and bring the pain against the packers peace y'all